This is the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames. Brought to you by Special Needs Family Hour, Inc. For the next hour, we'll be discussing the particular challenges and real-life solutions for families with special needs. If you found us, please know that you are not alone. To find out more, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, here is your host, Julie Ames, on AM860, The Answer. Thanks for listening today to the Special Needs Family Hour. I'm Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. Our show is dedicated to helping those parents and caregivers who are caring for special people. The theme of the show is the essay, Welcome to Holland, by Emily Pearl Kingsley. Kingsley describes the experience of raising a child with a disability. It's like planning a fabulous vacation trip to Italy, only to realize that your plane has landed in Holland. Holland isn't a bad place. It's just a different place. So you must go out, buy a new guidebook, learn a whole new language, and meet a whole new group of people you would never have met. Holland is a code word for living life with those with disabilities. My hope and prayer are that the challenges we all face in Holland will make us better people. It has been an interesting time for us in Holland. Our oldest two daughters, Maria and Christina, are on the autism spectrum and have intellectual disabilities. Our youngest daughter, Anna, is a typical teenager. Maria is working at her first paying job. She's a recent graduate of the Pepin Transition Program, and we are very proud of her. Pepin Academies came into our lives a little over 10 years ago. My husband and I were given a tour of the school by Krisha Scolero, one of the founders of the school. We were very impressed. I was worried about the girls getting into the school, especially since Tony Dungy had just been the guest speaker at the Pepin Academies Gala. I created two binders, one for Maria and the other for Christina. I had their recent school photograph for the cover, and inside, all the requested information was tabbed for easy access. We met with Celeste Keller, the principal of the elementary school, that December. She said they had two openings for January, but could not guarantee there would be any openings the next school year. My husband said he would drive the girls in the mornings, and I could pick them up in the afternoons. That lasted about a week. One day, Maria took off her shoes and wouldn't get out of the car. He brought her home and called me to meet him in the driveway. Another day, Christina was sick and ended up at work with him. My husband is VP of Operations for Building Bridges, meaning he's the guy in charge of getting the bridges built. I completely understood that taking the girls to school was an impossibility for him. I still remember Christina sitting at the conference table as Jeff was reviewing drawings, monitoring the cameras of the shop, monitoring the radio communications, handling phone calls, and dealing with engineering challenges that are always unique to each job. I commenced to drive two and a half hours a day. The mornings were the worst. The girl's anxiety was at its height in the morning. Maria would be doing her stimming behavior, and Christina would hyperventilate, which could cause her to have seizures. There were many times I would have to pull over to get Christina under control. It didn't help that we were traveling from Valrico, to the Pepin Academies in Tampa. I would take Lithia Pinecrest, Route 60, I-275, I-4, then Hillsborough Avenue. It only took about a month to decide it was time to move. I really liked my house, neighbors, and the area, but knew we would not survive the commute. We now live 12 to 15 minutes from Pepin Academies. Today we have a great show. Our guests are with the Pepin Academies. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860, The Answer. 
Please stay with us. We'll be right back. To reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, call 813-816-2637. That's 813-816-2637. Or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. To contact Julie, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. That's specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, here's Julie Ames. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM860, The Answer. I am here with Jerry Henry and Holly Lau of the Pepin Academies. Hi, please tell our listeners a little bit about your background and how you came to be interested in working with students with special abilities. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, Well, I was actually uh, in development at the University of South Florida uh, about three years ago next week and uh, heard about the opportunity at Pepin Academies. I was very happy at the University of South Florida, but I looked into Pepin Academies because I had a family member who had had some, some issues with learning disabilities over in Pinellas County. And the more I looked at Pepin Academies, the more I thought, this is absolutely amazing. And I uh, decided that, if possible, I wanted to be a part of it. And thankfully, I was able to uh, to be successful. And I got the job as development director for the Pepin Academies Foundation. And I am actually celebrating three years next week. But I'm a newbie compared to my counterpart over here, uh, Jerry. But it's been a wonderful, wonderful opportunity to work with our students and to help raise vital funds for our schools. Yes, yes. And Jerry, tell our listeners a little bit about you. Sure. And hi, Julie. Thank you for having us on today. Um, my story, um, my background, actually, my educational background is that um, I'm a speech and language pathologist and probably developed an interest in that because I had a sister with some speech difficulties and I also had a brother who stuttered. And I always enjoyed helping others. So I knew right away when I went to college that speech and language pathology was my future. So my story with coming to Pepin Academies wasn't exactly to pursue my career as a speech and language pathologist. Uh, We were moving from Alabama to Florida. I had a daughter with learning disabilities, and we were very concerned about where she was going to go to school. At the time, the schools were extremely overcrowded and on split session, and we happened to be here house hunting and went to church at the local church, and in the bulletin, there was an advertisement for a charter school, and at that time, it was called Challenge High School, and it was for students with learning and learning-related disabilities, and I felt, well, this is a godism. This is the door that we needed open for us, and so, of course, we pursued that, applied for our daughter, and, wow. and we came, and so upon them reading our application... They saw that her mother was a speech and language pathologist. Uh-huh. They had a need for that, and there the door opened, and I became a speech and language pathologist in 1999, joining the Pepin Academy team. Okay, so 1999, that would have been the first year? That was the first year the so school you was were, open. you were there for the inaugural year. So yes. you've been there from the beginning. Yes. Oh, wow. My daughter and I came at the same time. Yes. <laughs> so what was it like then? Oh, very small um, at that time. I think we opened our doors. Some The numbers vary depending on who you talk to, but around 25 students. We right. were renting like a one-room um, 
facility at a small church. And so we had all 25 students on the campus with partitions and the principal and an administrator and then myself. And um, it was it was a very tight knit, very much yeah. a family. Wow. So what was that like being there with your daughter? You know, I thought that would be difficult, but yeah. she actually enjoyed having me there. So I think it was harder for me sometimes than it was for her. Yes. You know, um, the day-to-day things, dealing with the social, emotional development and the peer interactions and all of those things. Um, but she liked having me there. I remember her calling me if there was a school dance. Are you coming or where are you? So I think she actually liked having the support of me being on campus. Well, that was one of the things I always enjoyed about the school is that it was like a family environment. So people that worked at the school, maybe they had a grandkid there or a niece or a nephew or a child. And there was, there's just that family environment where everyone was always looking out for each other. And it started from the beginning. Very much so. Very much a, very much a connected family of, of people with a shared mission and vision. Yeah, so describe some of the challenges that the school encountered early on. Space was <laughs> absolutely space. It's um, still a challenge. Yes. Well, you're always growing. Right. Yes. So, um, and I think because we were kind of new into the charter world at the time, charter schools were really just on the forefront. Right. So, um, as a matter of fact, um, the story I've been told is that um, they were told that it couldn't happen, that doing a school such as this for all students with learning disabilities was not possible that it would not it would not be successful and wow. so getting the charter approved took a couple tries yes. but um obviously we are here we are here 20 years later so you can't you you know it is possible it worked. yes it and worked there, and a lot of charter schools have followed in your footsteps also. absolutely absolutely so what are some of your favorite memories over the years cuz you've been with the school 20 years that's correct. This point. So, what are some of your favorite? That, that's memories? correct. Well, of course, I can. I have to say, my daughter's graduation from high school is probably yes. a, a, a very important memory for me because having, as a parent of a child with learning difficulties, you worry so much from so early on. What does their future hold? Yes. So that, of course, that memory and celebration of of that success is a is a very important memory. Well, tell them what she's doing now. She is a graduate of Florida State University, and she is um, in the event planning industry, um, and right now is working for a local um, event planning business, Um, but she's been very successful in her field. I think she's in her 12th year now. Wow. And then your other daughter, who is not, did not, did she go to Pepin? I know she worked at Pepin. Or did she? She did work at Pepin. No, she was not. She did not attend Pepin Academies, but she came to Pepin Academies as an athletic director. Yes, and was with us five or six years. And she's been on the show with Special Olympics. Correct. And because of her passion for Pepin Academies and the student population we serve, it just led her right into her her field of working with Special Olympics. Yes, which she's great at. Thank you. And I see her at the event sometimes. Well. You've been the principal of Riverview since it opened in 2013? That's correct. Well, it it opened around that time. I joined them the second year, so 2014, um, and I've been there 
Wow. So what's neat about it is you've seen that campus grow. You've seen the Hillsborough campus grow. So when did you move to the current location in Hillsborough? Our, our new River lo- Riverview well, location? the Hillsborough location. On Tampa? Yes, I mean, in Tampa. Tampa location. So we were in that little church building. Yes. I don't think we lasted there a whole year. About mid-year, we found a space at what was the old Mary Help a Christian campus. Yes. And we occupied the top floor, which had been like their dormitory when it was an all-boys school. So again, we moved into one room together. Right. um, And we had grown to like 75 students. We grew up to about 75 in that facility. Again, we were in one room together with partitions. Yes. Teachers didn't have doors or anything. So if someone wanted to watch a video or movie in one room and the lights had to be out, everybody had to have their lights out. (laughs) Yes. But I mean, those kind of experiences, I think, have have what held us together because we were so close and so tight and bonded and it had to be so much team and family and supporting each other. And then from there... um, wasn't too long after that that we acquired the facility that we now have at um, 40th and Hillsboro. Which is a great facility. And then, of course, you acquired the in Riverview, the new campus there. Correct. And they, after we were exploding out the doors at the campus on 40th and Hillsboro, they started saying, all right, we need to provide more. We had such a waiting list. We need to find, you know, a way to provide Yes. What we do to other students. And so they actually sat down and zone mapped where a lot of our applications were coming from. And we found that it was coming from the South County area. Right. And that was the purpose of expanding in that direction and opened over there with, I believe, 125 students the first year, then exploded out of the building with about 175. And then now we're at 330 students at our new location, all within, this is our fifth year. So it, it, it happened very, very quickly. Now, see, if you'd had that school, I probably wouldn't have moved. <laughs> <laughs> and I hate to say, but we, we've already filled to capacity, and, and um, we have quite a waiting list as well. Yes. Well, tell us about... Um... May I ask or uh, interject? Uh, we also yes. opened our Pasco campus the following year after we opened the Riverview campus. All right, so Pasco. Okay, so That's Pasco in Newport was Ritchie. After, yes, okay. And I guess you did the same. You had a lot of people from up there coming here. And, and actually, uh, they almost coincided. They yeah. were both happening um, at the same time. Yeah. Um, and wow. they quickly filled to capacity as well. And I believe they're currently looking for yes, a are. facility yes. to, to, to move into, yes. Well, yes. I know I wasn't the only person driving two and a half hours a day. Sure, we still have families. In. We still oh, yeah. have families that come from multiple counties. We still have um, we have families that travel travel travel. Excuse me to um, Riverview from all the way over on the west side of Tampa. Um, wow. Coming I mean, from even Safety Harbor, I know there's one parent that that lives in Safety Harbor that's that, that makes Riverview. that travel some wow. closer to to the Sarasota area. Mm-hmm. So we yes. have we still have families who. Wow. It goes a distance. Well, if it wasn't for my kids' um, health challenges and their anxiety, maybe I wouldn't have moved. Yeah. But it was just too much. And there's a waiting list of over 100 for our Newport Ritchie campus. Wow. Oh, my. That's exciting. It is. It shows that you've exciting. got a great program, a great model, something that everyone can emulate and something to be a part of. 
Why don't we take a break there? I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860, The Answer. Our guests are Jerry Henry, principal of the Pepin Academy's Riverview Campus, and Holly Lau, the director of Pepin Academy's Development. To reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, call 813-816-2637. That's 813-816-2637. Or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. To contact Julie, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. That's specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, here's Julie Ames. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM860, The Answer. I am here with Jerry Henry, principal of the Pepin Academy's Riverview Campus, and Holly Lau with the Pepin Academy's Foundation. Holly, Tell us a little bit about the Pepin Academy's Foundation and what they do. Thank you, Julie. Uh, the, the foundation was created in 2008 as a an opportunity to raise additional funds for the Pepin Academy's campuses. In 2008, there was only the one campus, obviously, but it was put into place that it would raise the, the foundation would support all campuses. Right. Um, so. In the future, if we do increase, you know, our campuses in other areas, then the foundation will serve to support those as well. And basically what the foundation does is is we look at ways to provide funds that will allow extra opportunities and support for each of our campuses. Um, right. You know, we have we do events. We have um, online giving opportunities. We um, get out in the in the community and we talk about Pepin Academies. And we also have opportunities for people to volunteer, to come in and tour all to raise awareness and funds for our campuses and our students. Right. And I don't think people realize that with a charter, the funds that you get from the county or the state go directly just to taking care of the students. Well, and Jerry can can elaborate on this a little bit more. Uh, but at our campuses, we have a student-teacher ratio around 12 to 1. Yes. And one of the ways that we do that is we, we hire at twice the size of an, a school our size. And right. we do that because of our student population and the need that we have. Therefore, as you said, a lot of the money that we, we do receive as a charter school goes into staffing. It goes into our facilities. Um, we provide through our schools, a robust opportunity for our students to participate in extracurricular activities, such as athletics, such as proms and uh, visual performing arts and different school clubs and and all those things. And those are the areas right now that that really, you know, the schools provide for those. But those are some of the areas where the foundation steps in to try to help out, as well as professional development. um, Right. And also trying to keep our teachers from having to use too much of their own funds because we all know our fabulous teachers um, everywhere use a lot of their own money Correct. to come up with amazing and, and, and you know uh, innovative ideas for their classrooms. Our teachers are absolutely no different. They come up with amazing ideas. So one of the things that the foundation does to support that innovation is we provide what we call teacher mini grants. And so yes. a, a teacher can come up with an idea for a program or professional development they send the application to the principal who then either, you know, approves it and then it's sent to the foundation and that teacher can receive up to $500 to provide that program in their school um, or in their classroom. Again, just an opportunity for us to provide that that tool or those those uh, resources for the teachers 
to better, you know, to to better enhance their their programs for our students. Right. Well, I'm just just amazed at all the things my girls were able to participate in. Marie and Christina both were cheerleaders for one year. Oh my goodness, that was amazing. Um, Christina doesn't like noise, so. <laughs> And Maria, they were they were fine. They got to do it for one year. Good. And I don't know. It's one of those things that when you have a child that you don't know, you don't know how they feel about things. Right. So I, it was wonderful that they had the opportunity and then that they knew that they didn't want to do it. And then Maria, her first middle school dance. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> middle was, school dances are full of angst no matter where you are. <laughs> yeah, but it was just so sweet because I drove up with her and I... Parents at the time could come, and uh, or maybe I was a chaperone. Anyway, I drove up with her. She was so excited, and Aww. all her little friends, they all danced together. And, you know, she just mentally wasn't looking for the boys. And it was just sweet. Cause, it is. Because you yes. think about your first child, right? And you think about going to that dance with your child or your child being able to do that. And will they be able to do that? And she did. Yes. And then she went to prom. With Christina, it's one of my all-time favorite pictures, high school pictures of both of them at prom. Oh, that's so wonderful. Yeah, and the, and, and the Pep, oh, let's talk about prom, Pepin Academies. Of course, we're talking about T. Pepin's Hospitality Center, and Maria's prom was there right. for a few yes. years. So. Right, beautiful yeah. venues. Yes. And, and yes. our students, it's important for them to get off campus sometimes. And so yes. for, our, for our spring formals, we try to find that, that special venue for them so that it is like a typical high school. Right, right. And tell us a little bit about how you're planning, Holly, how you're planning to celebrate the 20th anniversary of Pepin. Well, it's it's really exciting to to actually to be sitting here with one of our 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 wonderful administrators who has been with Pepin Academies from the beginning. Celebrating our 20th anniversary is all about celebrating the milestones, the achievements, the successes that we've had for um, our, our schools and our students over the past 20 years. I would like to start by, by talking about one event that we've already had to kind okay. of kick off our, our 20th anniversary celebration. Back in August, the foundation hosted our first ever Pepin Academy's alumni reunion. Wow. And it was held at the beautiful T. Pepin's Hospitality Center. And Tom and Lauren Pepin were in attendance and welcomed all of the alumni and parents and uh, and teachers and staff, and we had almost 200 people at the event. We had uh, a, all of but two classes represented by alumni, and they had an absolute blast. It was so nice to see them get together. Some of them yes. hadn't seen each other in years, and uh, it was just it was an amazing event. So that was, kind of, and then and then we also put together a video with a lot of our alumni as to where they are and what they're doing now, and we we have interviews with them. So it was it was wonderful. Um, but we have several events that we are going to be holding uh, throughout the next few months to more or less kick off the, the 20th anniversary, the first of which is our annual Pepin Academies Gala. Yes. It will be held on Saturday, March 2nd, again at the beautiful T. Pepin's Hospitality <laughs> Center. Um, and this event is a is going to be a celebration of our 20 years. And uh, it's just it's going to be a fabulous event. It's going to be from six to nine. Um, and then on March 29th through the 31st, Pepin Academies will once again be the recipient of the Avala Charity Tennis Tournament, which is held each year in the spring. Last year, we were, it was our first year uh, being the recipient, and we received a check from the committee in October for $170,000 wow. to support technology needs at our schools. 
And uh, so this year we're we're looking forward to an even more exciting year. We they they choose a charity that supports children each each year for the next two years. And then following that event in on April twenty second, we are going to be hosting our Putton for Pepin golf tournament, which has traditionally been a Hillsboro Schools event. This year we're expanding it through the foundation and it will support the athletics programs at all three of our campuses. And that will be held at Avala Golf and Country Club on April 22nd. And if anybody wants more information on any of these events, they can visit our website at www.pepinacademiesfoundation.org. Wow. Those are amazing events. Tell the audience a little bit about your gala because your gala is unique in the sense that you call it a community gala. Yes. And I think I've always been amazed because Pepin's one of those schools where it's like we're it's this little school but at the same time, we have great friends <laughs> Well, <laughs> and Pep- amazing support from the community. Absolutely. Pepin Academies would not be where it is today without the support and the advocacy of our community. And we are forever grateful to our community for that. Uh, the Pepin Academies Gala brings together our, you know, friends from the community, our our school, some of our school personnel, elected officials, all of those in our community who are advocating and supporting Pepin Academies. And it's a celebration of that community support because, again, and, and Jerry can speak to that even more so than I can, having been here for 20 years, truly we would not be where we are without the support of our community. And we are, as I said earlier, we are forever grateful. Yes. And did you ever picture any of this happening, Jerry? Um. <laughs> I don't think so. No. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, it, I find it hard that, to believe that I've been there for 20 years, really, because 20 years, you know, it's like, and sometimes it's hard to, like, you run into students and faces, and it's like, I know that face, I can't, you know, so right. to just even imagine where we are now, I don't think so. I've just right. been right in the trenches, and just, that's the the beauty of working there for me right Um, some people don't like change so that's why they stay somewhere for a long time so staying somewhere for 20 years for someone might mean i don't want to change right but the beauty about being at pepin has been it's been ongoing change right and so much chance to be in the trenches a part of the growth and the development with people with a shared mission and vision and and um it's exciting yes well just the thought that you had a 20 that you had the alumni reunion that you had enough people to come to alumni room. I mean, who would have thought that that would have happened? And I bet that was fun because you saw all these people that you knew. It was great. It was great, you know, sharing memories, hugs, seeing them um, see each other. And then again, that's that unity of family, that, you know, that special connectedness that they have with each other and, and to the staff. Wow. Well, let's continue this conversation on the other side. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860, The Answer. Our guests are Jerry Henry and Holly Lau with Pepin Academies. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. To reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, call 813-816-2637. That's 813-816-2637. Or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. To contact Julie, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. That's specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, here's Julie Ames. 
I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860, The Answer. I'm here with Jerry Henry, principal of the Pepin Academy's Riverview Campus, and Holly Lau with the Pepin Academy's Foundation. Um, Jerry, we were just talking about, over the break, we were talking about the different programs at Pepin. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about what makes Pepin unique and the programs that you have? Certainly. So first, I think we should start with um, describing the population of students that we serve. Yes. Um, as you mentioned, it is a charter school for students with learning and learning-related re- disabilities in grades 3 through 12. And we do right. have opportunities for students to stay on until the age of 22 into our transition program. A few years ago, about four years ago, we took a look at our students' gains and where we were falling short. And we saw that we really do lose a lot of gains over the summertime. So when they come back at the beginning of the year, it, 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 it takes you so much longer to get into the routine and get them caught back up from where they were at the end of the previous school year. So we took a look at the calendar and decided to create what we call a modified year-round calendar. It's the same number of school days as mm-hmm. the students in the traditional public schools are going but we've shortened the summer break to about six weeks. And then we've added more frequent breaks throughout the school year, which benefits both the students and our staff. Because right. being a teacher at the Pepin Academies is it's a high intense. Yes. yes, it's a high intense job. And so it, I, it really has proven to benefit both our students and our staff members. We've shown our, our data shows that the students are, are losing less ground over the summertime. And in, in terms of coming back and getting right into the school routine, they pick it up, you know, so much quicker. Yes. So um, we've really found that this this type of calendar has benefited um, our our students and our families who we did not think would be able to um, roll with it because they're used to that traditional calendar. Right. Have all figured it out. Yes. So, you know, it, it's working for everyone. Yes. Well, you offer programs on the breaks, too. Yes, we offer some intervention camps um, during the break times with a mixture of some fun, some art, some academics. And we have families that take advantage of it. But really, it's not as many as we would have originally thought. Right, right. Well, so it's. It, I know when you first started going to the calendar, there was fear for working parents. And that hasn't been a challenge. Nope. And I know for the teachers, it was exciting because just at Christmas time, you don't have to take your break right at the rush. Correct. You have, I think, three weeks off at Christmas. Correct. So we have a week in the fall and three weeks at our winter break and two weeks at spring break and then a nice break in the summertime. So I think that's something that makes our program unique. And we've proven that it's benefited our students and our staff and our families have grown accustomed to it. Yes. And then I guess you have a lot of therapies. Yes. So inside the walls of our school, yes. um, we do offer a very intensive program to our students. Um We have a high level of therapy. So we have on-campus speech and language pathologists, occupational therapists. We have physical therapists. We have mental health counselors. And we have full-time RNs on all of our campuses. Um, On my particular campus, we have three counselors and two speech and language pathologists, an occupational therapist, a PT, and and an RN. So that allows us to provide an intensity of services that students we're not getting um, in their traditional school settings. Yes. In addition to that, we have, um, along with our occupational therapist, we run a sensory lab. 
Right. So in this sensory lab, it really it provides um, intervention and support to students who who get overstimulated, who have sensory integration disorder difficulties. So there's weighted blankets, there's balls to bounce on, there's mats to, to jump on, there's all kinds of things that can help a child redirect and be able to get back into the classroom and, and function. Yes, I know sensory helps help my kids a lot. And all therapies have. that Jerry just mentioned are offered at no cost to the student and their family. Awesome. Yes, I remember first touring and seeing your sensory room. I was like, wow, this is amazing. Because with my kids, that was such a huge battle, the sensory integration battle. Oh, my goodness. And, of course, the last one was getting them to chew food. But we won't go into that <laughs> yeah, here. Well, unique. And, and, and also having that, that the therapist on campus, our therapists go into the classrooms a lot. So it's yes. not, it is quite the team. And that's what appealed to me as a speech and language pathologist when I came to Pepin Academy. And my public school experiences, sometimes I was the one that bothered the classroom because I was pulling kids out. Right. And here at Pepin, the therapists are such an integral part of the team, it's definitely a team, and even with the sensory integration, yes, that we're bringing that into the classroom now, so that we can provide that support in the classroom, so students are missing less class time. Right, right. Now, what about your technology? You said you had that huge grant. To explain how you're on the cutting edge of technology, right? Yes. So the grant has provided us the opportunity to put a smart board. Um, in all of our classrooms. So that's an interactive board that both the teachers and the students can can utilize, yes. which just makes the classroom engagement go up. Um, in addition to that, we've been able to add um, laptop carts, um, iPad carts. So yes. we're bringing more technology in. The technology is the future. And, yes. and our, our students are way more tuned in to using the technology sometimes than they are oh, no. into the textbook. So it has really um, just advanced oh. our educational environment. Now, what were those pins you were telling me about? Well, I had never heard of that right. before. Right. So we've added some assistive technology pin readers. Um, these pins are, have very advanced technology in that um, the student can actually scan a text. They have earbuds so that they're the only one hearing it. Um, it can scan a text, and, and the clarity and accuracy of, of the speech is spot on. And so it gives students who are struggling with reading access to, to the curriculum, and then they can reread and reread and reread on their own independently. Wow, so a child that sometimes, because my kids will get a book that's to this day that's still harder, but so the pen will just go over it, and so they see the word, and it says a word. Yes, exactly, wow. and then they can go over it again. It also has um, a microphone application on it, so students can talk into them as well, um, and then it... Um, has a USB that can send a file to the computer so that there is has a speech to wow. speech to text application as well. So it, it's really opened doors for our students being have, able to have access to the curriculum. Yes. And what speaking of technology Holly. and and that industry, all three of our campuses are also exploring more opportunities with STEM for our students, science, yes. technology, and engineering and math. And uh, we were we were fortunate enough to receive a grant from the Suncoast Federal Suncoast Credit Union in the spring that has allowed us to purchase VEX compu- uh, VEX robotic kits My. so that we can start a robotics club. And we, we started one at the Riverview campus with Denise Morelli. 
it has exploded. In fact, I believe they just had a STEM parent night last night. And My. we now have a bro- robotics club at each of our campuses, including our Pasco campus. And at some point, we're looking to uh, to do a, a inter-campus com- uh, competition with the robots because, again, in keeping with the innovations that we that we do with our students, STEM is one area that we want to utilize because there so many of them are into it already. Yes, gosh, that's exciting. It is, <laughs> and it it I, I've gone into the robotics club, and they're doing coding, and they're putting these robots together, and things that I would not know how to do. I know. So I know. Um, yes, it's and, and, and in addition to that, we've. Like our media specials at our school has also added like STEM just even into our media center. So she has what's called maker spaces where the kids can just come in and they have a white. They had a bunch of computer stuff one day that was and they took it all apart and created things with it. And so just providing more of those opportunities um, within STEM. Wow, that's amazing. Incredible. Well, why don't we take a break there? And when we come back, let's talk about how can parents listening out there become have their child enrolled at Pepin Academies. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860, The Answer. Our guests are Jerry Henry and Holly Lau for the Pepin Academies. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. To reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, call 813-816-2637. That's 813-816-2637. Or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. To contact Julie, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. That's specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, here's Julie Ames. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860, The Answer. I am here with Jerry Henry, principal of the Pepin Academy's Riverview Campus, and Holly Lau with the Pepin Academy's Foundation. Now, we were going to tell the parents, how can they enroll at Pepin Academy's, Jerry? Yes, so there is an application process. Parents can find the application for the school at our website, pepinacademies.com, or they can walk into any of our three locations yes. and there will be applications available at the front desk. But again, they can go to pepinacademies.com and find an application there to download. They will need to complete all of the information on the application. It's pretty extensive. Give as much information as possible about their child to help us with consideration. In addition to that, we would need a current copy of their child's IEP and any updated language testing, psychological evaluations, social histories, anything that could help us make a determination as to whether or not um, we would be a fit for each other. Right, right. And then what are some of the other things as far as Pepin Academies? Um, we were talking on the break, Holly, and you were doing such a good job talking about what makes it unique, the well, overall. I think what makes Pepin, one of the things that makes Pepin so unique is that our students are just like to music. They're into, you know, sports and they're into art and, and all these different things we've talked about. The difference is they learn differently. Right. And Pepin Academies provides a unique opportunity for those students to be able to learn the way they need, we teach the way they learn, and it's it's a really exciting opportunity for for them to be involved in in that. And and I would also like to add that 
we we serve students in third through twelfth grade. We might have mentioned that before, but I wanted right. to mention that again that our students it start it starts in third grade through twelfth. And, and then, then you have the transition. Then program. we have the transition exactly. Program, yes. And I think it's really important for the students to know what Holly was saying, how well rounded mm-hmm. our program really right. is. Because I know kids. My own daughter went there. That's how our athletics got started. My daughter went to cheerleading. She went to volleyball. So okay, <laughs> let, well, I'll help get those started. Right, right. They want those things. We have student government. Yes. We have National Honor Society. We yes. have yearbook staff. We have dances. So it 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 is it oh. is. Picture. It's the whole picture. It's the, it you know, we try to make it as well-rounded of, uh, of an experience as, as well, we can. Could and, you share a few of your success stories as far as some of the students? Oh, like? absolutely. Um, we, we have many students that have gone on to college, and we have many students that have graduated. Well, some students at, at this point that have graduated from college and are now working. And I, I, there's one story I'll let Jerry tell you. But uh, we have one student from our Pasco campus who just had their inaugural graduation in 2017. Yes. And by the way, I would love to bring out the fact that this is our 20th anniversary. And during our 20th anniversary, Pebbin Academy's Riverview is going to hold its inaugural graduation ceremony. So we wow. are very excited about that. And through uh, our seniors getting ready to graduate, we've had five that have already been accepted to various colleges and I think, universities. I think we're about at eight, at least eight students now. Right. Um, there and you one go. of our young ladies even was accepted into four different universities. Yes. So it's pretty exciting to to see um, where they've come from and where they are now. We have one young man from our Pasco uh, campus who is now working with the Tampa Bay Rays in their photography department. Wow. We also have a young man from our Tampa campus who graduated uh, from college and is now working with uh, Representative Ross Spano in the U.S. House of Representatives. And then I'll let Jerry tell you about uh, one of our Riverview campus. Right. Uh, we have a student on our Riverview campus that actually started at Pepin Academies when we had first grade originally, right. um, and so he began in the first grade, um, is now a graduate of St. Leo University, and is a wow. writer for the Osprey newspaper. Well, of course, I shared my own personal success story with, yes. with my own daughter, who, um, again, it's been since 2003. But well, and, and as we mentioned earlier, too, um, Jerry mentioned our uh, Pebbin Academy's school site, and I apologize if she mentioned this, but we do offer monthly tours in oh, our Hillsborough yes. campuses. Um, you can call the, the campus. 236-1755 for our Tampa location. That's 236-1755. Or you can call our Riverview location, 533-2999. Again, that's 533-2999. And you can visit com, or you can also access each of the school websites through org. Um, at com, it actually will list all three of our campuses, so you can go to one location to, to receive information about all three of our campuses. Yes, and that's easy to access because they have it right on the front page, and all you have to do is click on that. Yes, and I'd also like to mention that the telephone number for our Pepin Academy's campus in uh, Pasco County is area code 727-233-2961. That's 727-233-2961. Awesome. Wow. Well, thank you both for being here. I know Pepin Academies has made a big difference in our lives. <laughs> it's changed my life up. I live where I do because of Pepin Academies. And you've been a wonderful sponsor of the show. 
And our pleasure. And everything you guys have done has always been first class. And we really, I mean, I really appreciate it. I know the community, everyone, and it's awesome. 20 years. It's just wonderful. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having thank us. Thank you for and having again, us. We would love to thank our community again for 20 wonderful years of support. And we just appreciate everything that you do and your advocacy and your support. Thank you. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860, The Answer. Please join us next Sunday afternoon at 1. Thank you for listening to the Special Needs Family Hour. If you've missed any part of today's program, you can get the podcast of this and every show at specialneedsfamilyhour.com. While there, please take advantage of the resources we've made available. And if you're so inclined, please support the advertisers that support this program. Special Needs Family Hour, Inc. is a nonprofit 501c3 organization. More than anything, just know that you are not alone. And we invite you to join us next Sunday at 1, only on AM 860. The Answer. The Answer.